I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to, like, choose a more challenging route than just, like, da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like, it could have been, like, easier. And a lot of people have asked me, like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and, like, so simple? And what else was it going to—like, that's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Welcome into My Guys in the Desert. I'm Danielle Vari back here in the VSIN studio at the South Point Sportsbook, joined on the desk today by Vinny Mayulo and Amal Shaw. And Vinny, I'm so glad you're here because obviously we have. <laughs> We have an NBA game for tonight, the Bucks and the Suns. Uh, the Bucks a four-and-a-half, five-point favorite. But I have a question before we get to that about the WNBA All-Star game also going on tonight, going to kick off in just about two hours here. I've never seen total movement like this, and obviously I haven't been doing this that long, but, I mean, everybody on Twitter is just as confused as I am, which is, you know, par for the course. Uh, total opened around 250, and it's now down to 195. Do you have any idea what's going on here? You're talking about the WNBA All-Star yes. game right here in Las Vegas? Yes, the most bettable game, you know, apparently on the so. schedule. Uh, apparently <laughs> so. The, uh, yeah, you are right. That is not a misprint on your sheet. Total, 251 and a half. And uh, now down, well, we got as low as 194. We're up to 195 and a half. Wow. So uh, please don't blink when it comes to this total. So uh, here's the question. Vinny, what's going on? What's wrong? As far as I know, uh, they're still playing with the same rules, and they are playing inside, not in 105 degrees. Right. Uh, they are going to play at the uh, uh, Mick Ultra Arena here in Las Vegas. But uh, it's obviously uh, evoked quite the uh, opinion I've by, never seen, uh, by have batters. You, have no. you ever seen a total move like this no, before? No. No, this is, uh, that's why you never – you never uh, uh, say you've seen everything, and I learned that a long time ago, and uh, this is an example of that. But uh, no, listen, it's moving extremely quickly yeah. and uh, in leaps and bounds. It's not like these are half-point increments. But even with that said, uh, this, is, this is the most movement, uh, 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 biggest swing of, a, yeah. of a, a total that I've ever seen. 
Amal, uh, any thoughts? No, I, this has got to be a record. You brought it up before I did, but that's exactly what I was thinking. When 55 points, I mean, I don't. there's no situation where you can have 55. NFL, right? That would go from a game being a total to zero. Uh, you're, you're going for a tie. Uh, NBA All-Star game, you maybe see, you know, 10, 15-point move on the total, maybe 20, but 55, wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and for those of you who are going to try to get cute here and say, oh, it's a WNBA game, the last seven WNBA All-Star games, 255, 231, 251, 229, 249, that did go into overtime, 200, and then a 231. So all of them have got well over 230 except for one game there. Yeah. So, I mean, I took over 227 and a half, unfortunately, <laughs> before all of this movement, and uh, I hope we're still going to see that hit. I, I, don't, I still don't think you have a bad line. I don't understand how a line can move 55 points. I, you know, I'm more curious about this than anything else forget the rest of the show we got we got to figure this out what a fun middle though right what if you grabbed a under 250 over 195 by the way if you don't win that middle boy that, that's just brutal did you what did you bet uh, over 227 and 227 and yeah well get when we go on break, you know, uh, Mal and I can, uh, uh, we can so you can head right to the counter to yeah. get your app out. Well, I guess we'll figure out what's happening there. Uh, obviously, we also have the NBA game four going on tonight. The Suns still lead the series two to one, but the Bucks got their first win in game three here. They are five point favorites at home now at the South Point. Still some four and a halfs out there. Vinny, so what have you been seeing with this line? It's uh, a, a typical, uh, typical of what we've seen the first two games. So, so home team favorite. Uh, home team has won all three games and covered as the favorite. And uh, we thought this would be a zigzag type of scenario. And, and in game two, we did see uh, the zigzag a little bit go towards the uh, uh, towards the Bucks, but then came back in with uh, with the Suns. So, uh, but this one, you know, folks are believing that uh, not only uh, can Giannis Antetokounmpo continue his uh, his high scoring and his uh, his solid play, but his supporting cast showed up the last game. And Amal, it uh, looks like the, the betters believe that uh, the uh, supporting cast is going to show up again here and even this thing up. Yeah, and I think wasn't it after Game 3, Monty Williams was complaining about the number of free throws Giannis got? Yeah. yeah. Well, the reality of it is a 10-point free throw differential at the end of the game. That's fairly standard par for the course in the NBA between a home and a road team. Mm -hmm. uh, the one thing that still stands out to me and why I like Milwaukee is, and wow, this number's up to five now. Five, huh? yeah. Um, I'd taken it earlier at four, but I didn't expect it, this to get this high. Look, 48% for both teams from the floor, Danielle. Game through two, Phoenix shoots 50% from the three-point line. Uh, I mentioned it earlier in the week. Um, Holiday and uh, Middleton both go 12 for 37, and they only win by 10 points. To me, you look at this, only a 10-point, uh, three-point uh, field goal percentage differential between these two teams, and the Bucks win this one by 20. I don't think this bodes well when you look at it from a numerical standpoint for the Phoenix Suns here. I like Milwaukee here. The number at five is getting a little bit high, but the money line at minus 190 is not a bad play because it also gives you an opportunity to hedge off in a situation if they get a big lead fairly easily. Two-way action on the total, 220 on the opener. Got as high as uh, uh, 221 and uh, 222 and now back to uh, 21 and a half. All right. Well, we'll continue this conversation right here on My Guys in the Desert.
Welcome in to my guys in the desert. Danielle Varg here on the desk at the VEASAN studio inside the South Point Sportsbook with Vinny Maiulo and Amal Shaw. We have some great guests coming up today as well. We're going to have Dwayne Colucci join us a little bit later on, director from the Rampart Race and uh, Race and Sportsbook. And then at the top of the hour, the next hour here, we'll have Jonathan Von Tobel, JVT, our senior NBA analyst, join us to talk all things game four for the NBA tonight. Uh, but something we were just discussing here was the WNBA All-Star Game is tonight. It's getting underway in just about two hours here. And the total just unprecedented movement we're seeing here opened around 251 and a half now around 195 and a half but Vinny you have an update here yeah uh, we finally got some over money from uh, 194 <laughs> so there you have it 195 and a half two-way action starting to show up My yeah gosh. never I've never seen a, a, a total move uh, to this uh, to this degree and again this is obviously even though not half point increments or one point increments um, we even did a double take back. That was just with uh, Chris Andrews and Jimmy Vaccaro, and we were like, wait a second, get the right What's number going on. on? <laughs> yeah, they bet it down from 251 and a half, and uh, there it is, 194 right before we came on the air, and 195 and a half. Mamal hit the over, I think, but uh, oh, Mamal yeah. 194. No, I, I, you know, Vin, I'm going under with anything. And also, you know what the thing is, though? I remember WNBA lines are going to move much quicker yes. because you don't have as much action. Sure. But I am honestly, I'm so curious about this. I mean, to have that kind of move, it doesn't make any sense. What I mean, and no one seems to have any idea what's going on here. Yeah, as far as we know, uh, they are, like I said, uh, uh, at the time. The game is shorter? Are like uh, half the team everything have is food poisoning? All the, rooms are the, uh, the rules are the same. Uh, we're not playing, they're not playing it in the parking lot over at the uh, Mick Ultra Arena here in Las Vegas in 105, 106 degrees. Uh, there's still three-point shooting involved, so uh, yeah, uh, I'm not I'm not aware of it. We're gonna have to keep an eye on this. We'll see what it kind of does throughout the show here. Uh, obviously, as I said, I'm on the over 227 and a half, so uh, we'll see if I regret that a little bit later on. Let's talk about NBA Game Four again here. So Suns lead the series two to one. Still, Bucks coming off their first win at home. Uh, they're at home again tonight. They're four and a half, five-point favorites. Total sitting around 221 and a half. The total actually landed. Depending on which number you got, you got an over or an under in game three here. Vinny, where are we seeing the action on the total? Uh, a little uh, more, more over money. No real surprise here, too. And I think, uh, again, uh, it, this isn't going to surprise anybody. It's uh, give me, you know, give me the Suns and over, or mainly the Bucks and over is, uh, is the most popular parlay right now. So, uh, again, the total open 220. Uh, and is now up to 221 and a half. Did hit 222 briefly, but uh, I don't. Uh, I don't think it'll slow down in terms of uh, over money coming in. Again, folks uh, love to uh, love to root for points when they're watching these games. Yeah, you look at the total so far in these games. One uh, first game, 223, 226, and then 220. So obviously uh, getting above that initial 220 number that was posted. Um, but I think both teams have shot the ball extremely well. So that's why you're seeing that. I think there's going to be a game where we're going to see a defensive game. And I believe it might be tonight. I would look towards the under here, but I'm not going to play that. I already have Milwaukee at four, so I'm going to stay with that. 240 on the uh, series price now uh, in favor of the Suns. 240 minus 240 plus $2. By the way, the money line on this game is up. Uh, to a dollar ninety, up fifteen cents now with the uh, number at five. And Amal, I know you said that you might like that minus one ninety for the Bucks as well. And you're saying that we might see kind of a defensive game tonight. So in terms of player props, is that something where you'd be looking at some unders as well? Yeah, the one I looked at was Brooke Lopez, sixteen points and rebounds. Mm -hmm. I, I think that one might stay under. Uh, Giannis is very high at fifty three and a half. I mean, he's got a, you know, the one thing what hurts you with Giannis, though, is he can get a ton of rebounds, right? If mm -hmm. he winds up with instead of 10, 11 rebounds, he winds up with 18 or 19. That really changes the dynamic in terms of his scoring. You know, assists, you probably give him credit for a few, uh, you know, you know, handful of those. 
But you look at the numbers we've been able to put up so far, uh, really done a nice job. But uh, I see 52 and a half on our graphic here. So still kind of a high number, Danielle. Well, we also have some other action going on. We'll get back into this NBA game a little bit later on throughout the show. And obviously, we'll bring in our NBA senior analyst, JVT, at the top of the next hour. But we also have the Gold Cup games going on today. Uh, I bet my first soccer bet yesterday. I bet on the Panama. And we could not figure out. We could not agree on a pronunciation for Qatar. It's Qatar. Qatar. That's, Qatar. Be, that's where the 2022 uh, World, Cup, World is. Cup is. We didn't. We didn't land on a. We didn't land on a pronunciation. How, how certain are we? Did here? you? Did you oh. go to school? I think you went to school at UCLA, not South Carolina. Yeah, I did not major in Middle Eastern studies, unfortunately. I can tell you yeah. that Qatar is like it's it's a bigger favorite uh, than uh, than the Bucks. Wow. We yeah, well, right? so I had I, I had Panama yesterday, but it ended at 3-3. Three, three, three. Three. I, saw, I saw the score. I, you know, when I saw the score, soccer. I thought, oh, wow, you, you won. I saw a three on Panama, and then I say, oh, 3-3. Three, three. But um, uh, in terms of when you look at these matchups, I, I think there's some good opportunities here. El Salvador against TNT. Uh, we're seeing a line of uh, uh, minus a half a goal, plus 105. Mm -hmm. uh, the problem with the Mexico game is they're minus uh, three goals. <laughs> Which minus is huge, three goals. Right? Yeah. And – but here's here's so we open this minus three goals plus a dime. It's now uh, minus one twenty. So they're, they're, folks think that Mexico is going to make a statement after their uh, poor performance uh, in uh, in their first match here. So by the way, not as much uh, <clears throat> not to diminish the uh, Concacaf uh, tournament by any means because it is a qualifier, right? Just mm -hmm. like we saw with the Euro Cup and uh, and Copa America for South America, uh, South American teams, but. Um, the positioning of the games is is just different timing wise, right? We had those games, so the, the Euro games were in the morning and midday, setting up for the rest of the day's activity. Uh, these games are in the evening and at night. So, uh, and of course, <clears throat> they're going directly up against directly against uh, the uh, the NBA uh, final tonight in Game Four. So, it's a little uh, you know a little uh, we've seen a dip compared to the other two, but nonetheless, still have a pretty good uh, soccer following. And, and again, love uh, love to uh, add it to the uh, betting menu. Is there any value at this point here on, on Guatemala plus three at even money? Because I can't even see that we're seeing slightly juiced on the minus three for Mexico. This is a huge goal line here. Yeah, it is. I mean, I, I don't know. It, I think Mexico comes out. Here's the problem, though. If you take Guatemala, you're kind of like holding on for dear life. <laughs> you know, you figure Mexico is going to score at least two. Chances are three. And then you wonder if they get that fourth goal. I, I just don't think this is a particular game I would bet. Yeah. You can't lay it. That yeah. I could tell you. Yeah. And people yeah. are apparently sending it up to yeah, minus they, 120. They did. They did. Lay, they laid three goals, took a dime, took even money. And now and how about the, how about the folks that laid three and minus a dime? Wow. Well, this is one of those sports weeks where we don't have, obviously, a lot going on, if you can't already tell. And so we want to get into starting to look at the NFL season. So we're going to take a little preview here of one of the toughest divisions, really, in the NFL, the NFC West, right? Really highly contested here. Lots of talent in this division. Uh, so when we take a look at the odds to win the division, the Rams are plus 160, the 49ers plus 240, the Seahawks are plus 325, and the Cardinals sitting at 5-1. to one. Those odds via the South Point right here where we're at. Uh, if you take a look at the 2020 standard, as well the Seahawks led the division 12 and 4 the Rams went 10 and 6 the Cardinals were 8 and 6 and the 49ers were 6 and 10 so taking a look at this division board Amal which bet do you like best here 
I love the Rams to win the NFC, so I'm going to obviously like wow. them to win the division. Uh, I think they've got a great chance. I know a lot of people like Tampa because they return all 22 starters and they really played well down the stretch. But um, to me, the acquisition of Matthew Stafford makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Um, I think your guys' lines here are much more accurate at the South Point. A lot of places I've seen Rams and 49ers are both plus 140. I don't understand the affinity for San Francisco. There is a vast difference between Matthew Stafford and Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo and everybody else that leaves New England outside of Tom Brady, they're just all benefactors of having played in New England. But most of these people, when they leave New England, they can't do anything. I mean, let's look at the coaches that have failed miserably. Bill O'Brien, Romeo Cornell, the little hoodie himself, Josh Daniels. Uh, who else is out there that's uh, stealing Patricia. money? Thank you, Matt Patricia. Oh, he's no longer coaching in Detroit, and rightfully so. I mean, all these guys should be sending checks to Tom Brady. 50% of their salary should be going to Tom Brady. This uh, this Rams, we actually opened this uh, last spring at plus two twenty. So we've seen uh, some some money on uh, on the Rams here. We uh, we had the Niners at uh, two to one, but now up to two two forty. And again, if you're as a bookmaker, uh, if you're prepared to lower prices, you got to be prepared to raise prices as well. But um, Stafford, uh, he's going to get his opportunity, right? This is uh, this is uh, certainly an upgrade for him. Uh, the, the, the the surrounding parts. Uh, offensively, and this is one of, if not the best defense uh, in, uh, in in the league. So uh, yeah, it's certainly up there. Um, you know, and and again, Seahawks. Look, Russell Wilson keeps them, and again, we saw them. Uh, we saw him last year, and uh, probably through, I would say, what ten, maybe nine or ten games, he was probably the MV. You know, definitely an MVP candidate. So as long as Russell Wilson is uh, uh, is healthy, then uh, the Seahawks are going to. Uh, certainly compete. And I think the Cardinals, Amal, are still going through a bit of a transition. Yeah, I tend to agree with you on the Cardinals. You know, in terms of the Seahawks, I don't know. Maybe, you know, Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes are the only two guys, in my opinion. I don't think Brady would be as successful in Seattle as Russell Wilson mm-hmm. is because it's not a knock against Brady. It's just his ability to scramble and yeah. keep plays alive. The mm-hmm. guy's a magician back there. Uh, back there. And, um, he, he's just incredible in terms of what he's able to do. The running game has been inconsistent. The offensive line, they play like they hate Russell Wilson. And the defense has been non-existent since the Legion of uh, Doom has kind of gone away, or is the Legion of Boom, whatever it was. But, um, you know, to me, the one thing that Vinny brought up a great point, you look at this Rams defense, and I understand people are saying, oh, was it John Johnson's on to the, Cow- uh, to the Browns? Okay, you lose a safety, that hurts a little bit. But you've got two of the top five defensive, maybe top, 10 players in the NFL. You've got Jalen Ramsey, lockdown corner, and you've got the best player in the NFL on that team in Aaron Donald. I mean, Mahomes is great, but Aaron Donald is the best player in the NFL. You know, Vin, mm-hmm. when the comparison started coming this year in terms of with Lawrence Taylor, mm-hmm. normally I get offended. Like, there was a question somebody from somebody asked is, how would you compare Khalil Mack to um, Lawrence Taylor? And I love Bill Belichick's answer. He's like, oh, I wouldn't compare anyone to him. Mm-hmm. But now when you look at Aaron Donald, what he's been able to do, you have to seriously start thinking about it. I mean, this guy on in terms of the line, he's becoming better than Reggie White and uh, – Bruce Smith. Now, granted, those guys were ends, but this guy in the middle is just a force. Here's the thing about uh, the, the defensive aspect of it. I think Amal brings up an important point about the secondary. The secondary is more reliant on the defensive line and the pass rush than the pass rush is dependent on the secondary. I mean, we saw that with the injuries last year to the uh, to the 49ers. Uh, uh, pass rush, uh, right? Everybody thought about what you know how how great their secondary was a couple of years ago during that Super Bowl run. That secondary was, and I'm not taking anything away from them, 
but the the reliance of the secondary to the off uh, to the defensive line compared to the uh, the defensive line to the secondary uh, is is two different two different equations. Uh, yeah, do they need to work in concert? Yes, they do. However, when you look at what happened with the Niners last year, I think that as long as the Rams have that front four up there uh, putting that kind of pressure on. That's what makes them better, and I I'm, listen. It's they lost them, but look, they'll they, you know hopefully they uh, they get to plug and play somebody else in there. But the pass rush is what's going to be the key. Yeah, I think they're going to be really dangerous. Uh, and remember, on the offensive side of the ball, a couple of factors that have to be taken into consideration. You have a far upgrade at Matthew Stafford, a quarterback. Cam Akers has come on. Mm-hmm. Malcolm Brown has been terrific. Um, I think uh, uh, Henderson, of course, the kid out of Memphis as well. This team can be really dangerous. And then I think you will get the ability to finally see the true greatness of Sean McVay as a play caller. Because with Jared Goff, there's still a lot of question marks and concerns. You know, Jared Goff is one of these guys, I don't know if it's in his contract or not, but for some reason he wouldn't throw the ball more than 15 yards down the field unless it was backyard football and you wait till everybody got down the field and then by the time he throws it, the safety gets over. Stafford, it's a whole different ballgame. This guy's never had a running game in his entire career. You're going to get a chance to see why this guy was the number one pick out of Georgia, I think, what, back in 09? Yeah, this is uh, – if you rate these quarterbacks, I think you have to go uh, – well, look, we'll, we'll put Stafford there because of his surroundings. Mm-hmm. Uh, Russell Wilson, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Kyler Murray still, uh, uh, still learning. Interesting. So you'd, you'd put Stafford ahead of Russell Wilson just based on his I offensive weapons. I would put – by virtue of, be, of being on the Rams, yes, I would. I, I get where Vinny's coming from. When you look at the supporting cast, you know, it's funny. It's hard to say anybody in Los Angeles is underrated, but Robert Woods and Cooper Cup <laughs> are arguably one of the top five dynamic duos in the NFL at the wide receiver position, mm-hmm. and people don't talk about them enough, And which is shocking being in the Los Angeles market. But these guys are terrific. We see Woods on so many jet sweeps. Cooper Cup is about as good as anybody in the NFL on those quick outs on third down and four, four five, six, whatever you need. You know, uh, kind of like a Julian Edelman. You know, you always knew where he was going to be. He was going to make the play when yeah. necessary, and I think this Rams team is going to be extremely dangerous. Well, Vinny, you mentioned the 49ers. Obviously, they had injury struggles last year, mm-hmm. but still managed to put together a pretty good record despite all of the countless injuries, really better than you could expect them to do. Uh, we see Jimmy Garoppolo obviously still there at the helm, and he's obviously the favorite to be the starting quarterback for them. But that said, they do have Trey Lance, who they drafted, right? Mm-hmm. And how soon do you think we're going to see Trey Lance get involved in this offense? Two factors, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's health mm-hmm. and Jimmy Garoppolo's success, so the success of the team. Okay. Uh, and then I think that's uh, that's just pretty much how, how it's going to go. But listen, there's a big difference going from college to pros and I know there's a lot more pressure on rookies in particular uh, to step in immediately there's no reason for him to have to step into him uh, immediately right Garoppolo's been injured the last couple years had a lot of injuries overall last year but this is a team that uh, two years ago was in the Super Bowl and uh, had a fourth quarter lead you know to me when you look at this team I mean they've got a great opportunity if Garoppolo can play well. The, the running game is always going to be very effective. Uh, the thing is, can their defense get back healthy? I love Fred Warner. I think he's arguably the best linebacker in the National Football League. You get a Nick Bosa, he's going to be healthy. Let's see how effective he can be coming off that injury. Yeah. I mean, it seemed like we had an exceptional amount of injuries given everything that happened yeah. last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, these things we're talking about are based on these teams, the composition of these teams with these uh, uh, that are surrounding these quarterbacks. 
Well, there's your NFC West preview. We're going to talk a little bit more NFL a little bit later on in the show. We're also going to get into some college football next. We're going to do an ACC preview right here. I can't wait to get Amal's takes on this here. Uh, we'll take a look at the to win the ASC championship odds right here on My Guys in the Desert on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very of all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. into the OddsTrader.com studio at the South Point Casino. Make sure you check out OddsTrader.com and download the free OddsTrader app 
app right now so you can start winning with the up-to-the-second info you need. Danielle Avari, Vinny Mayulo, and Amal Shah back here on My Guys in the Desert, ready to talk a little bit about the ACC here. So when we take a look at these odds here, Vinny, I see the Clemson is minus 600 favorite. North Carolina sitting behind them at 8-1. to one. Miami at 10-1. to one. How long have these odds been up for you guys, and where have you been seeing most of the action? A couple of months. Not a lot of action here, mm-hmm. really. I mean, uh, it, it's... When it comes to this conference, it's the top two, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, I mean, there, there might be a shot uh, on uh, on Miami, a couple of tickets on Miami, but uh, that's predicated on their quarterback situation really being significantly more consistent, and that maybe that uh, Clemson and North Carolina stumble along the way. But uh, for the most part, uh, more support for Clemson and North Carolina. Yeah, no surprise there. I think Carolina is going to be a team that can be dangerous. Now, they could beat them in the regular season. That game is at Clemson. But, again, the most important game is going to be in Charlotte in December. Can you win the conference championship game? Uh, Clemson going to win this conference again. And it's amazing if you go back to, to what was it, 2013. I think Florida State went on the road and beat them 51-17. Since that point in time, Clemson has dominated this league. Um, but Carolina with Sam Howell could be dangerous. We'll see if they can replace Williams and Carter at the tailback position. I saw somebody from Pro Football Focus pick Miami to win the conference. Now, it's one thing to throw a flyer out there, <laughs> but I want to know how much money you actually bet on Miami, and it's not including the Dolphins. Okay, the reality of it is this Hurricanes team with Manny Diaz is going nowhere fast. We'll see how De'Ara King performs coming off that torn ACL. Remember, he got injured in the bowl game. I think that was the champs game. Uh, Virginia Tech, uh, still a long way to go. Justin Fuente, I mean, this guy is just middling. They're, they're, they're you know, one year they're going to be seven and five. Another year they're going to be six and six. In a banner year they're going to be eight and four. They're just not as good as they used to be. The Lane Stadium advantage no longer exists. Florida State, 20 to one. Mike Norvell. We had Brian McFadden on the show today, uh, played at Florida State. He said Norvell's got a good personality, should be able to recruit. They do have the number two recruit in the nation coming in next year, but they are starting to make some inroads the way Florida State used to recruit, but they're still a ways away. Uh, Louisville, I'll tell you what, um, is it Satterfield who's the coach there? I'm drawing a blank right now off the top of my head, but this team, I, I can't back a coach who doesn't understand up 14 with five minutes to go, you should be ready for an onside's kick. Um, it's Satterfield. Yeah, I mean, that was absolutely a fireable offense. Uh, Bronco Mendenhall and Virginia, you know, they'll pull off one of those upsets or one competitive game where they'll cover a spread. And the rest of the ACC, I won't bore you until it's college basketball time. We're looking <laughs> forward to the rat and Duke going downhill. But in terms of Cutcliffe and company, um, they'll have a game where they surprise somebody. Syracuse, not that good. Neither is Georgia Tech and the rest of the league. It, it's bad. I mean, they really should just get ready for hoop season. Stop wasting your budget on college football. Just go straight to hoops. The SEC, more teams tend to reload. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not happened in the ACC. Yeah, I was going to say, so where do you guys kind of rank the ACC among other Power 5 conferences at this point? Well, there's five Power 5 conferences, right? Yeah. I would rank them sixth. Okay. Ooh. Ooh. I mean, this is bad. The, well, the, the real, let me just interrupt. The, the reality is this. It's the SEC, and then you can, you know, put the next four kind of in, uh, you know, you're going to have a, 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 some a different opinions. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> I would say Big 12 probably the next. Um, then the Big 10. And then, yeah, I mean, then, then, it, then it's the ACC and the Pac-12. I mean, what, what's going to help the ACC probably not be last is simply Clemson and the improvement of, of North Carolina, Omal. But agree there. I get what, what's until the until the Pac-12 starts the season off better. Yeah. Then we're, we're, you know, right now they're 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 chasing. Uh, a couple of things. One, 
I am a little offended by Vinny's statement about the Big 12 being better than the Pac uh, Big 10. However, he is correct. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm just a Big 10 guy, so we have a lot of people here that are uh, Big 10 alums. I they're mean, close. I'm, uh, they're, they're right there. Yeah, they really are. It depends on how you kind of view the league, because I think actually right now, Iowa State, if you were to combine Oops. the Big 10 and the Big 12, Iowa State is the third best team mm-hmm. between those two leagues. Obviously, Ohio State and mm-hmm. Oklahoma give a slight edge to the Buckeyes, but in 2021, to give a slight edge to Oklahoma. We'll see how the Buckeyes perform defensively. They've got to get a little bit better than C.J. Stroud taking over there. Big game for Oregon when they go to Ohio State. That's mm-hmm. a conf- that's a you're going to carry the banner of the Pac-12. Can you get it done on the road? It's unfortunate for them because the game got wiped out last year, which probably would have been a good thing anyway because I think Ohio State would have been able to take care of business at Austin Stadium. USC's got to get it going again. To me, USC, if they play well and have the right coach. That is the premier program in college football. I know the University of Texas thinks that. But when you win one national title in the last half a decade, you're about as valuable as Michigan in college football. Yeah, and I mean, if you can get paid to play there, too, I mean, why not go at this point, especially with the NIL? <laughs> so Everybody's getting paid to consider. now. No, no, no USC hate for me, obviously. <laughs> uh, we'll bring in Dwayne Colucci next right here on My Guys in the Desert. Welcome back in. The college football season is right around the corner, and that means the VSIN College Football Betting Guide is coming soon. Our experts look at the impact of the transfer portal, key games on the schedule, and early season trends to watch so you have a betting edge this football season. The guide is only $19.99, and discounts are available when you buy early. So now is the time to reserve your copy or sign up for the VSIN All Access subscription and get everything we have to offer for the entire football season. Sign up now at vsin.com slash subscribe. Danielle Vary, Malshav, Vinny Mayulo back here on My Guys in the Desert and ready to bring in Dwayne Colucci. Dwayne, thanks so much for making some time for us today. Always have time for the My Guys crew. You know that. Colucci. So, Dwayne, busy busy week, right, in sports. We have so much to talk about. I mean, let me just start with the the home run derby and the all-star game. Uh, What kind of handle did you guys see for those? Well, usually, Danielle, you know, uh, this is a week where uh, we try to garner as much handle as we can with propositions and matchups on the home run derby and stuff like that. So, you know, the handle wasn't uh, it wasn't all that enamoring. It was good, but don't get me wrong. But this is usually a slower week as we slide into the open and uh, the NBA finals. That will increase the handle, as Vinny will tell you. But the All-Star game, uh, you know, it's lost sort of its uh, luster, I want to say, over the last few years. It's not as big of an event as when Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, those guys were involved in home run derbies. And definitely when you had also, uh, you know, uh, other guys that were involved like Ken Griffey Jr. Now it's just a totally different animal. And, uh, you know, the all-star game as well. They used to have it where it was the home field for the uh, World Series and all this. They're just trying to make an event, but it's not what it used to be, Danielle. 
Dwayne, uh, talk a little bit about, uh, by the way, uh, as far as uh, the results were concerned, they did bet it over and they did bet the National League. So it uh, wound up being a, a pretty good result uh, for the House, uh, actually. But, Dwayne, were you surprised? I was, uh, Jimmy Vaccaro was in here on Monday. We were talking about the comparison and the number of tickets being written for the Home Run Derby uh, being so much more than the game itself. Talk a little bit about that and how that's, uh, you know, how the, how the Home Run Derby's actually become even more popular than the game itself. Yeah, Vinny, great point. Like I was saying, you know, the game itself has lost its luster. And, you know, they, it, the last few years they started to score a little more. But, like, there were a few years there where there were no runs scored at all, and it was hard for us to garner a handle. And now the ticket right, when you have superstars like Otani, Alonzo, these are guys that hit home runs. So the home run derby became more of an attraction, and the ticket right was substantially larger. And it definitely it was good to see – it was very competitive. Soto definitely was swinging a hot bat. You saw what Alonzo could do, and Otani just brought more star power to the home run derby. So, yeah, you know, it's funny. Uh, you, myself, uh, uh, and Vin, uh, and Jimmy, I should say, you know, we enjoy seeing that because it's another event that we could book action on, and seeing that ticket right, it's, just, it's a great thing. And, and I'm sure that you would, you would prefer, like a lot of other Met fans, for Pete Alonso to save some of those for uh, the dog days of summer. <laughs> well, the Mets, you know, it, see how good they are in the second half. It, You're right, It's going to be important, definitely, especially from our point of view. So we'll see how good they are. You know, you know, let's talk about the Mets for a second very quickly here, Dwayne. <laughs> um, uh, DeGrom obviously been the best pitcher in baseball. Uh, he's got a season that's on par, actually right now exceeding what Gooden did in 85. But can he stay healthy enough? Because, you know, when you look at Gooden, he was going eight innings every time. He had 16 complete games, eight shutouts that year. DeGrom right now, he's a workhorse, but it seems like, you know, he gets to a certain pitch count, 65 pitches got pulled earlier, um, not going as deep into games. A little bit of a concern from a health standpoint as we get into uh, August and September. Yeah, definitely, Amal. And you look at it, they definitely needed guys like Syndergaard and Carrasco. And without these guys in the rotation, now you're depending on Jacob even more. And nobody could pitch the way Gooden, Fernando, Hershiser. These guys had so many complete games. They, they were just amazing. Their arms were basically rubber. But, uh, you know, DeGrom, I think he could hang in there. They have to manage his pitch count, obviously. They're a first-place team. They have to uh, start to hit the ball. Lindor definitely has to step up. They're starting to get healthy now with guys like Nimmo returning, and we saw how important Conforto is. But the pitching is definitely the focal point of the Mets, and Jacob deGrom as always, Cy Young frontrunner. The guy is just has the numbers are almost like Koufax's, if not better. So, never mind good in them all. He's just one of the legends right now, pitching and throwing the ball, and no issues with the grip, and no issues with the stick. But, you know, definitely that's a focal point is keeping him healthy throughout the remainder of the season. Dwayne, obviously we have some action going on tonight in the NBA. So we have game four going on between the Bucks and the Suns. Suns lead this series two to one. Where are you seeing most of the action for game four? Well, most of the action, Danielle, is definitely on the Bucks at the uh, Rampart and the South Point thus far. We moved the game up to now uh, minus five. We're looking at 221 and a half on the total, seeing a little more overaction as well. Giannis was just so fabulous in that last game. And like I said earlier on, I think it may have even been on this broadcast a week or two back. This is more like a home uh, court 
type of series. I think the teams are much more effective when they're playing on their home courts. You saw how good Holiday was. Bobby Portis with the crowd firing him up. He put in some important minutes. And that's important for the Bucks. It definitely takes pressure off Giannis. And then you could see how he's free wheeling 40 points now, back-to-back games. You saw there was a little parody. Booker sitting on the bench now. Aton was in a lot of, a lot of foul trouble. We're going to see how the Suns react and how the coaching staff and Monty Williams reigns it all in. If Chris Paul could continue this amazing leadership, it's going to be a great game. But I like the Bucks' chances if they could play the way they did. And if Giannis could duplicate and, you know, actually three-peat this performance, it's going to be a long night for the Suns if Aton can't stay out of foul trouble. Yeah, it's going to be. I am with you, Dwayne, in terms of your assessment of this series and how it's going to play out. Uh, but I think Milwaukee's got a better chance of stealing one on the road. Not obviously because they play four games compared to three, but I just feel like they're a little better equipped. Suns have the better depth, but I think Milwaukee's got a great chance. Yeah, definitely, Amal. I, I agree with you 100%. They, If they could elevate that level and Middleton chips in, Connaughton, like I said, Portis was definitely a different person on his home floor. And if he could carry that over to Phoenix, they definitely could steal a game in Arizona. But they have to be on the top of their game. Coach Budenholzer has to do the right things. He has to keep them reined in. They have to have confidence and carry it over from Milwaukee to Arizona to steal a game. Dwayne Colucci, thanks so much for making the time for us today. We always appreciate your insights. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Danielle, Vinny, Amal, the best. Okay, buddy. All right, so we already looked at the ACC. Next up, we're going to take a look at the SEC odds right here on My Guys in the Desert. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like 
like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. Welcome back into the OddsTrader.com studio at the South Point Casino. Make sure you check out OddsTrader.com. And remember, you can download the free OddsTrader app right now and start winning with the up-to-the-second info you need. Daniel Avari, Amal Shaw, Vinny Mayulo, back here on My Guys in the Desert, ready to take a look at the SECs here. So looking at these odds to win the SEC football championship, Alabama, the understandable favorite here, at minus 180. Georgia behind them at plus 250. Florida at 8-1. to one. Texas A&M sitting at 10-1. to one. And then LSU. 18 to 1 drops off from there or a mall rather quick look at this board what's your favorite bet on the board right now uh, you know, I like Georgia to win the SEC. Mm-hmm. Alabama, the favorite at minus 180, and I, I get it. Um, but to me, I think Georgia, this is a great year for them, a great opportunity. Uh, Alabama's got Bryce Young at quarterback, he's a big time recruit, but. He also, again, has not played in real meaningful action. So that'll be a key. That's where I give Georgia the slight edge. Defensively, the dogs should be very good. They always have a terrific running game. James Cook, the younger brother of Dalvin Cook, I think this guy is outstanding. And, of course, you've got JT Daniels back. Samir White, who seems like he's in his ninth year there. But he's never really been the five-star guy that was expected of him. Keep an eye on both of those guys. They're dangerous. The one question mark with Georgia is at the wide receiver position. I remember uh, Pickens uh, has torn ACL. Not sure if he's going to come back this year or not. There's speculation he could return in October, maybe potentially November. That's what Georgia needs him for. Look, Georgia's looking at bookend games with Clemson in Charlotte in Mm -hmm. week number one. And then potentially the SEC championship to close out the end of the the season before the bowl game or playoff against Alabama possibly. So, I think Georgia's got a great chance. Plus 250 looks good. Uh, this is a very good year for Kirby Smart and company, in my opinion. Remember, they have Eric Gilbert, the transfer from LSU. And then out of Las Vegas here, uh, Washington, the big tight end. He's going to be a force. Keep an eye on them. I, li- I like the dogs a lot. Florida, some question marks rebuilding. Who's going to take over? Is it going to be Emory Jones? Uh, you lose Kyle Trask. He, the, really, I know everyone's going to talk about Pitts, and rightfully so. And Pitts, Vinny, you can make the argument, was probably the yep. best player in college football last yep. year. But Kadarius Toney, losing him is going to be a big blow. A&M, Jimbo's got a lot back. Tremendous backfield this year for the Aggies. But who's going to be the quarterback? Is it going to be Haynes, uh, Haynes King? Is he going to be taken over? Uh, so you got to find out who's going to be the starter there. LSU, no quarterback play. I don't like this hire by Auburn or Brian Harson from Boise State. I just don't get it. You take a guy from basically the Pacific Northwest and bring him down on the plains. You got to go recruit against Nick Saban. Come on, go go get me a John Calipari type of personality. Go get guys that are going to close in living rooms. Uh, Lane Train. Uh, we'll see what they're able to do. They're going to need Matt Corral to turn uh, reduce the number of interceptions that he had last year. That's going to be a key. 
the rest of the league, Tennessee, I mean, it's like everybody left in free agency and half of them went to Oklahoma and then their best player, Henry Toa Toa, went to Alabama. Uh, so lots of question marks around the rest of the league this year. One of the things that's interesting about this league, and again, this is the strongest, highest rated team. So we rate teams mm -hmm. and we rate conferences in terms of power ratings. And by the way, in the last segment, we were talking about the ACC, uh, uh, top conferences, and I said SEC. Uh, head and shoulders above the rest. The the uh, the Big Ten and the Big Twelve they're 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 close to each other. So kind of a, a you know two two and two a. So just to clarify that. But when you look at this conference too, much more much more strength. Uh, and you know when they play each other, there's uh, that, there's uh, there's that uh, strength of schedule aspect. The sleeper here, Kentucky. You know what's really surprising, I think, is the support. You know, Kentucky is obviously we think about them as a basketball school, but in recent years they have become a much more uh, uh, rapid fan base and, uh, for, for their football team as well. Now I'm not saying that they're going to surprise anybody and do uh, you know do something uh, to, to knock off uh, the top uh, the top two in terms of Alabama and Georgia, but they're they're a difficult out. Uh, their coaching staff has done a good job in, in game planning and executions and and in recruiting. Uh, but to Amal's point, too, Texas A&M, no excuses anymore for Jimbo Fisher, right? He's had yeah. all of his recruits now for a number of years. The big question mark for LSU is obviously uh, going to be the quarterback situation, right? Uh, uh, Miles Brennan, he got hurt, I think, in the third game last year with a, uh, an abdominal injury. So he's scheduled, I believe, to be uh, to be under center uh, for them this year. And you know what? You, it depends on who you talk to. Some folks really have LSU highly rated. Some folks think that they're overrated. Uh, I do know this, that in the majority of our games of the year that we use them in, they got played. Uh, Auburn got faded. Uh, people bet against them uh, quite a bit. Uh, Florida, again, uh, good recruiting, uh, but they've played second and third to both Alabama and Georgia. Uh, and, again, the, the, are we gonna, we're going to find out a lot about Georgia. Alabama just continues to reload. Okay, we know that. Um, you know, let's face it, two years ago, uh, Tua Tagovailoa last year, Jones. Uh, and and now uh, you know you got you know, it's it's next man up right uh, with uh, with Bryce Young so uh, look you have, you have to believe in the system uh, until until something changes uh, to the negative there uh, but Georgia this is I think this is the year this is the year that we're going to find out a lot about and we're going to find out a lot about Georgia right right from the beginning I mean look give them credit they're opening up against Clemson uh, and I think that's great that game is in Charlotte as Mom mentioned. Yeah, you know, to Vinny's point about Kentucky, Mark Stoops does a tremendous job. You look at this team in the last couple of years, Lynn Bowden takes direct snaps, and they still are competitive in games when you already know what's coming. They couldn't even throw the football mm -hmm. at times. Quarterback play had been very spotty for them. Missouri, very up and down. I never understood the affinity people had for Missouri. They're just not that good of a team. Um, but to Vinny's point, Alabama, again, defensively, I, they're, they're going to be very good. And I would argue probably one of the best defenses Nick Saban's had in a little while. They do lose Patrick Sertan Jr. In the, back in that secondary. But uh, you got Joe back there. Uh, you get uh, Henry Toa Toa, linebacker, the transfer in there. This team's going to be dangerous. We'll see what they're able to do. Offensively, some opportunities for some guys to be able to step up. Mechie at the wide receiver position, he's going to uh, need to step up. Forrestal at uh, tight end, what can he do for them is going to be a key because Alabama does a nice job of utilizing their tight ends. We've seen it in years past. O.J. Howard had a huge national championship game against uh, Clemson. So opportunity is going to be there. And a couple of teams I want to get back to that Vinny touched upon. One, LSU. Mm -hmm. Question marks there at the quarterback position. I'm not a believer in this team in terms of where they're heading. Uh, they play in West, uh, Westwood. Sorry, I was thinking it was basketball. 
they play at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena against UCLA. Yeah. Bruins catching four in this one. Birdie Cannon and I were talking about it yesterday on My Guys. I like UCLA here. I think Chip Kelly, he hasn't necessarily completely turned a corner, but he's got the program heading in the right direction. Um, Ed Orgeron's a great recruiter, but at some point in time, you got to be able to coach. And I don't necessarily know if he can put that together. You know, we saw with Joe Brady as the uh, passing game coordinator there, what they were able to do in Joe Burrow and all the talent they had. But can they do this consistently? So, I, I when kind I look, of, they're kind of inverse, right? I mean, you have Chip Kelly, who's not exactly known for his recruiting. I, great, great analogy. Yeah. You're and then you have right. Odron, yeah, who's yeah. who is probably a great recruiter, but maybe not the same coaching caliber. But we haven't seen Chip Kelly succeed really so far when his return. Well, look, the reality of it is at UCLA, you can't get the same student athletes you get at Oregon. Yeah, you, you know, just there's can't. an academic requirement that uh, at UCLA uh, that's a little bit more challenging than it is at Oregon. Um, LSU, similar situation. You can pretty much get anyone in there as long as they're alive, and even that might be optional. Uh, <laughs> but the reality of it is quarterback play is going to be critical. Seven and a half or eight is their season win total. I don't think they exceed it. But A&M, to Vinny's point, this is their year. There's no more excuses. No. Jim, you know, by mm-hmm. the way, since 1939, that's the last time A&M claims a championship. I don't even know if anybody kept track of it back then. But let's just say, you know, they've been saying, oh, this is our year. This is, that's all I've heard. I mean, come on. At some point in time, they're going to step up. This is a chance. Texas is not what they once were. This is a great opportunity. And if you want to knock off the biggest, baddest dude on the block, they're in your division. You're going to have them. Uh, that game is in College Station. College, yeah. They're going to have a great opportunity. So you got a young quarterback because Bryce Young, to me, if you don't get Bama this year, watch out next year. What about Auburn, new coach, Brian Harson? What are we expecting to see from him in his first year? Well, you get Bo Nix under center. I, I'll tell you this much. I thought Bo Nix showed some regression last year. I was really looking forward to last year, even though obviously with the COVID situation, Jaden Daniels at Arizona State and Bo Nix at Auburn in terms of how they were going to perform. What were these two guys going to be able to do? Highly touted freshmen who were a little bit up and down, but good for the most part in their freshman year. We saw Bo Nix with that terrific game against Oregon in week one of the opener in Jerry World. But he really did not take that next step forward. And now I have some concerns about if this guy is going to be able to lead them. You remember his dad, Patrick Nix, played at uh, Auburn, had that great win, comeback from behind in the swamp against Florida in 94. I don't know if he's that good of a quarterback. And it's not like his dad was an elite quarterback. But I I just don't think Bo Nix takes you above and beyond. He had one of the fastest players in college football in Anthony Schwartz, if not the fastest. Wasn't utilized properly at times. Lots of question marks for me with Auburn uh, in terms of what they're going to be able to do. I I just don't think when you get them outside of the plains, they're going to be that much of a threat to people. Auburn does not have a lot of support by the betters in uh, many of the games of the years they've been bet against. Uh, We used three and a half for the uh, the conference win total for Auburn, too. So it's a... Uh, it's, a, uh, uh, it's a team in transition. It's, uh, it's a new era, and, uh, they, they're going, and, and they're in the toughest conference in the country to, to try to rebuild. So we'll find out. I mean, it's going to take a few years, though, at the, uh, for them, for sure. You know, you look at the rest of this league. Look, uh, in my opinion, this is a three-horse race this year. Mm-hmm. Mm. Texas A&M. Georgia in the east. I think the Gators, because Dan Mullen's a terrific coach, he can game plan with anybody. Um, I think they have a chance to get to the SEC title game. I don't believe they have enough to be able to beat Florida. I mean, when you look at Pitts, I'd make the case he's the best tight end the University of Florida's ever had. Um, you know, I don't know if Wes Chandler played tight end back then or if he was just completely a wide receiver when he was with the Gators. But you look at Georgia, JT Daniels, probably the best quarterback they've had returning since Kirby decided, you know, Justin Fields couldn't beat out Jake Fromm. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I, I think it's a great opportunity. Cook and White back there are going to be dangerous. Georgia's always got a good offensive line. And then it's Alabama. 
you know, we know what Alabama is. They're going to be consistent. They're never going to beat themselves. So it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. But I think it's a three-horse race, and I think we'll see Georgia-Alabama in Atlanta. And I'm going to favor the dogs. Better, again, this year, uh, if there's going to be two teams from one conference, uh, this is the conference that could uh, produce. I don't see another conference putting two teams uh, in uh, into the uh, national playoff. Do you, Will? No, I, I don't. But I'll tell you what. I think this year Oklahoma gets there or Iowa State. I think Iowa State's got a chance to have an undefeated season. If they can knock off Oklahoma, mm-hmm. they'd have to beat them twice. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun to see. Uh, we obviously, we'll have a team from the SEC. Go ahead and put Clemson in. They should already have hotel reservations made for the college football playoff. And then uh, in the Big Ten, I think Ohio State's got a great shot to get in. There you go. All right. Well, there you go. That's hour one for My Guys in the Desert. We have hour two coming up. We'll bring in our senior NBA analyst, JVT, to talk about NBA game four going on tonight. We're also going to talk about the MLB. We're going to talk about who are the buyers and who are the sellers before the trade deadline. That and more coming up next on My Guys in the Desert. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Doc Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's KidSafe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. (laughs) Download the Zigazoo app today. 